0: Hello and welcome to GradCast, the official radio show and podcast of the Society of Graduate Students at Western University. I'm your host Anna Moyer. And I am Laura Munoz. And we're here with Anai González. Thanks for being here. Thank you. Thank you for the
1: invitation.
0: So to start us off, could you tell us a little bit about yourself and your degree program?
1: Yeah, so Uh, My name is Ana Gonzalez, I'm from Mexico, Um, I did my MFA in visual arts. I started in 2019, and I just started my PhD in the same department uh, last week, so yeah. So back in Mexico I did my bachelor's, uh, I didn't do a BFA, I didn't study art as like the degree, So. I fell in love with photography when I was 15. Um, I was in a high school that just imagine uh, Western has a high school. And um, so I was in that high school and that uh, program had um, a photo club. But I was, you know, talking and like in the, in the community, in the club, there was also people from university. So, me, 15 years old, I was talking about photography and theory with uh, people. 22 23 sometimes so that was my like you know first years in photography but I started my degree my my undergrad in marketing uh for one year and a half during that one year and a half I had classes of like finance um that I don't I can't remember how to say in English econ- statistics. Econ- yeah statistics econ- econ- uh, economics and stuff so It was very much not in the creative field. So I decided to change university and change degree to communication where my degree was focused in journalism but I had classes in film, I had classes in photography, journalism. Um, I then went one semester to Europe to study in Madrid, in the uh, University of Madrid, and I studied there television and photography and film. So during that time, um, to be honest, I never thought about uh, studying a master's, but being, you know, outside the country, I started realizing that I was like, hey, I. I think I can do that. So I started researching about programs outside Mexico, um, scholarships to you, funding. And I was very interested during that time and uh, when I was studying Madrid, I did a project, a, um, a photo project, where I feel that it was like the start of like, that I really wanted to be 100% in photography. I, it, photography was always part of my life, but it was always something that it was like extra. Uh, outside like my nine to five job. Um, I had exhibitions and everything, but it was always like, as like a side note in my daily life a little bit. So that time when I went uh, to study abroad, I was really like, I want photography to be 100% and what can I do to like get that? So I started researching. Canada was an option Um, in 2017. I graduated and I had the opportunity, I was visiting a friend here at Western and this person was doing an internship here. So I saw Western, I started searching about the faculty as well, about the program. And I, yeah, that's how I decided that Western I I wanted to study at Western. Um, So that's how it started a little bit like my passion for photography and like kind of the um, the journey to start grad school.
0: Fantastic. And well, we're so glad to have you here. Um, Very glad that we chose this path. So could you tell us a little bit about the projects that you've been working on here at Western?
1: Yeah. So when i started my program um i had i wanted to work um with themes of migration uh that was like the first one i come from the north of mexico so my city is saltillo and saltillo is a city known to be in transit city uh people migrants from the you know south america pass my city to go to united states so you have the train that a lot of people jump off and on uh there's a really um great and big um shelter for migrants so my city it's an industrial city and i saw every day as well that topic about migration but it was always related to the one in the united states so when i moved here to canada i started noticing especially well for me living in mexico i always saw Canada and United States as the ones up there, right? But when I moved here, I realized that it was very different. Um, I have some family members that live in United States that immigrated there, but the feeling here, especially for the Mexican community, uh, especially in London, I I think, there's so many Mexicans, and it's quite hard sometimes to connect with them, because if you compare it to the one in United States, it's not that big, the community. So, I started uh, I was really interested in creating a new narrative or visual narrative that could dissenter the American one um, because you know from my experience coming from the north I always saw the two countries as like equal and the same but when I moved here I was like oh, no they're different So I think it, I think it's very important and for me starting my program uh, especially the masters it was very important for me to, really separate that from the United States narrative to the Canadian one uh, concerning Mexican migration. So that's how it started, uh, the idea. I then, you know, because the community is so small in comparison to the one in the United States, I started connecting with like Mexican migrants in social media, you know, in the groups of, like Latinos in Canada, uh, Mexicans in Toronto and stuff like that, so I would, I just you know, would do like a post saying that I was doing a photo work um, and I wanted to connect with people. And in a way, it was also for me to create a community uh, for my own and for me searching that you know home here. Um, so in Mexico, and that's why I mentioned a little bit about my advertising, um, I study communication, but like between my grad studies and my undergrad, I was working full time in advertising. And during that time I did political campaigns locally and state. Um, I did, uh, what else? Music festivals, industrial like part, all kind of advertising. And in a way I was also using photography in that job to create, you know, a story. Sometimes in the political campaigns, you know, a story will be uh putting the candidate in a scenario in a context that would benefit that campaign um and that definitely for me that experience I felt very uncomfortable um I started to realize internally the impact that photography has especially nowadays digitally that you can easily erase bodies and photographs that you can Insert things in the in the photos and those photographs are then used in social media newspaper and they create you know a narrative that are beneficial to the people that are creating those images and for a purpose so with that background when i was like starting my project I did some portraits and stuff but there was something about that that made me so uncomfortable and I remember my experience in advertising and I started realizing like why I, I am to like to put a face of like how a Mexican migrant looks like and for what purpose I'm doing that so I just did a series of like 10 photographs with people and I only show it in a critique and I just couldn't Um, I felt very uncomfortable. Um, I started then thinking about photography as an event and thinking about, you know, when you think about photography as an event, you think about who takes the photographs, who is in front of the camera, the camera as an object as a power too. like, um, and then thinking about the photograph as itself and where he's shared and for what purpose. You know because when you think about a photograph in a museum you know for what purpose that photo is there why is in the archive um and i then started thinking about what other elements can i use in my practice in my research as well to talk about you know mexican migration and maybe even talk about this representation of like you know i started feeling this like a little bit inside in my practice of using like human bodies but then I was like I think it's necessary to create any alternative especially visually um another you know I'm just kind of like talking a little bit about like my first year and then the second year I come from the north where um there's a lot of it, it's an industrial city where there's a lot of like you know Chrysler Ford Kia uh a lot, a lot of companies that go up to the United States and Canada, there's the mining companies, the Canadian ones. So I was very interested when thinking about representation and going to the Latin markets and seeing all the products and stuff, I started realizing uh, the cardboard boxes and thinking about like Mexican labor and how the Mexican labor is seen here in Canada. So when thinking about human labor Mexican labor and then the representation it was on imagery it was very interesting to see elements for example in the back of the mangoes, the sombrero the mustache the colors then you see another boxes that are like people in horses and stuff and like I started thinking like, you know, this is brands and this is branding, this is advertising, but where these elements come from? So I started digging up a little bit and, you know, photography in Mexico, when it started this like elements and it come from like this in the construction of nationalism and identity in Mexico. So when you dig a little bit more, those kind of elements come from like artists that European artists that went to Mexico and did these illustrations and sexualize and exoticize uh, bodies and customs and everything. And then people that had a camera or you know a brush, a paintbrush in Mexico that were the elite started copying, not copying, but like you know borrowing that representation and using it. and then that was kind of like how it started you know, this national identity, and especially in 1900s, at the beginning, everyone in the world was like creating this nationalism. And like, this is what makes you French, this is what makes you Mexican, this is what makes you Colombian too, and stuff like that. So um, I think when, you know, it comes from the car boxes, and you know, you see the brands, and when you think about that representation, and nationalism a little bit and when you see it in the lens of commerce and in the relationship between United States Canada and Mexico it's very it's quite interesting to see the value and what it means Mexican labor and how it's like represented right so uh, that was a little bit kind of how my work shift a little bit Um, I was as well talking about Mexican labor when you google Mexican worker in English here in Canada, the imagery that pops, it's human bodies kind of like bending a little bit, you know, picking like fruits and stuff. But when you Google Canadian workers, I don't see that kind of posture in the human bodies doing the work, right? So I was thinking about that. I wanted to, or, you know, I'm aiming to create a new alternative Visually, that could, you know, I I think we need um, my goal is or like my yeah, what I think about when I'm doing my work, it's that we need to. Create new ways of seeing Mexican labor, and I think in this step of my work, I want to use cardboard and boxes and this kind of iconography to start talking about why where come from, like where where does this come from, this construction and like for what purpose to think who's taking the photographs. And I think it's very important in my exhibitions and everything I put very open, let's discuss like who's taking the photographs. Uh, I think it's very important as photographers um, to really be open to these discussions because when you're in social media scrolling, you don't think about when you see images of like, who's taking these photographs for what purpose? So that's a little bit of how, you know, my master's went in my project and my thesis. And now with my PhD, that is something that I want to continue. Am I open to use human bodies in the future? I would like to, but I think I still need to think about in a way that, um, I can value and respect and make a safe space to, I, I don't know, I'm, I, I think I'm still thinking about a, a way that I could completely engage with the community and maybe have a collaboration with other people. And yeah, that's a little bit about that. Yeah.
2: I think your project is absolutely interesting. and I, I also think that there is something that is behind it and is uh, what are the kind of jobs that migrants are getting in Canada, right? So probably the fact that you are seeing this narrative behind the the pictures that you see is related with the kind of jobs that migrants are able to get here. Uh, So I I was looking at some of your work and I saw that you are now incorporating things such as audio and some other things in order to tell the stories. Uh, Could you tell us a little bit more about it? Because I saw, um, a picture of the, of the, of the lake, <laughs> uh, which is, is interesting because, uh, Canada has a lot of big lakes, but, um, in, and you put, a, an audio there that is about the sea. Uh, but it was really beautiful and of course lakes are more like calm than than the sea but i thought it was a very interesting relationship that you did there so i am wondering how you are planning to or why did you transition into incorporating other elements to your to your projects
1: yeah when you know when i started the program i was very like lens based slash photographer Uh, but When I was thinking about, you know, Mexican labor here and Mexican workers, there's always this, you know, as Google, when you Google Mexican workers, there's only one kind of job that appears. When you talk with people and you say Mexican worker, Mexican migrant, they think about like Google, the same kind of job. So for me, it was very important, even in my research to talk about, you know, There's Mexican workers that come here with an international student visa. There is Mexican workers that come here, you know, as express entry, PR. There's another people that come here as refugees, Mexican workers. And, you know, they come as refugees and they start working and they're vulnerable as well. International students, there are workers that are vulnerable as well. And they can take advantage of because of, like, the temporality of temporal status here uh, in Canada. So for me, when thinking about Mexican worker, and you know, there's a bunch of different ways and types of workers here in Canada, when it comes to uh, Mexican workers, I was interested as well in exploring other mediums. So, So when I was doing, you know, photography, there was a feeling of me to like work with audio, uh, you know, I would go to like the the beach here where it's like the lake, but I will think about my mother's hometown in Veracruz, and I was just looking at, you know, the water, and it was so big, then it kind of reminded me that it was Veracruz, but I was like, there's something off, but kind of similar, and maybe it's similar because I'm seeing it in the lens of nostalgia, and I'm missing home, and I'm alone here, so... You know, you can, I was using photography, but how can you express that kind of feeling? So for example, that piece, it was me. I use an audio of my grandma singing a lullaby about the ocean. And in the imagery, in the image, in the video, it's not, it's not the ocean, it's not the sea, it's a lake. So I, I think it was very important for me to use other mediums because I was feeling so many things when I moved, uh, when I you know moved here to Canada, that photography then wasn't enough. So, yeah.
0: And I know that you've recently hosted this summer an exhibition here at the Art Lab in the John Labatt Visual Arts Center. Um, and I know that you have actually uh, simultaneously put on an exhibition in Mexico at the same time. So could you talk a little bit about the exhibition, what you showed and what was the experience of hosting two exhibitions simultaneously in different parts of the world?
1: Yeah, so I didn't even know that I was going to do that in my first year. That idea came when um, I had the opportunity to go uh, two, three months to Mexico. so in that time i you know being in the city and everything i started thinking you know about this connection between mexico and canada and i did um, an artwork that was about the train and i was with my dad mm-hmm. and we were looking at the train cards and we saw Canadian one and we're like we've been living here for more than my dad more than like 50 years me 20 like all my life and I never saw you know the train passes all every day and it's so loud and it was the first time that we were seeing this car a train car that was from Canada so at that point I remember I wanted to talk about you know thinking about that connection especially with train that sometimes the Canadian role the Canada role in that train seems a little bit invisible or like hiding a little bit so I wanted to when I was looking at the trains looking at the train I was there was something inside of me that I was like hmm, I want to do something more for my thesis exhibition and I started thinking about a place where to exhibit in Mexico as well so then you know I talked with my supervisor I was like is it is it possible and she said is it possible? And I, and I'm like, okay. So <laughs> I, it was so important for me uh, to do a work, you know, cause I had a bunch of like work of the two years, different series and everything. But when I divided them in two spaces, the one in Mexico, um, it's in El Nodo, it's a cultural space that it's still a, it's an old train station. So it was next to the trains and it's already closed. It's not operating that train station, but now it's a cultural space. So having, you know, the work in two cultural, you know, I'm gonna talk about the one in Canada was in the art lab here at Western, the visual arts department. But when thinking about two cultural spaces, Talking to each other in the same, like, in, in, you know, at the same time through artwork, through my work, and through the same talk topic that it's about Mexican migration and Mexican labor, and the one in Mexico being the train, like where it starts, and here in Canada, where it ends. Um, it was so important for me. And I think doing that gesture in that event in my thesis work. I, I think it, it, it just, it make the artwork speak in another level as well. And thinking about being as an artist here in Canada and being an artist as well in Mexico. So I decided, you know, the artwork, I had photographs, I have video pieces, I have an, a, a sculpture installation and just, you know, seeing the two exhibitions and what work was going to be in each side in the Mexican Canada and then seeing the two exhibitions to seeing what work was there and here. Um, I think it echoed the, the importance of creating a narrative between Mexico and Canada and, you know, living the one in between a little bit, you know?
2: I think that uh, from all of w- what we've talked about, um, I'm really interested in knowing I come from a science background so my master's and my PhD, I guess they are very different. So I'm wondering uh, how, it, like, how do you do a master's in photography? What is it required from you? Do you have time for research where you like, for example, talk to um, the immigrants or where you're able to explore your topic deeply or how do they grade you? What do you have to present <laughs> for this? Yeah, this is the question that I, because I, I, I don't know. And I'm, and I'm really curious because I think it's very interesting to, for, like, to actually you be able to have this specialization in photography in a topic that you're really interested about. But I'm wondering how, how this research uh, goes.
1: Yes. So I think the first, before entering grad school in art, I think the first thing that you need to work on is putting your work, you know, you love it, you did it, but put it next to you, because it's going to be attacked. And so, you know, you need to see even, you know, there's some photographs that I love, and they're so special to me. And there's some work that I use, like even, you know, my grandma's like voice and stuff like that. But I need to understand that, in grad school, we have critiques, and people are gonna discuss about that and maybe make may, maybe make a formal you know critique about maybe the audio is not that good. Uh, I don't read it that way and stuff like that. But I think in grad school, especially in art in the MFA, you need to you know first love a lot defend your work, but understand that your work it's not you in a way and for you to your work to grow and you as well as an artist you need to understand that like there will be feedback there will be critiques and there will be times that you're gonna go no thank you that comment i will continue my, my path or understand and maybe reflect on like maybe i need to work on that so i think your question about great grading grades in the art school <laughs> in grad school it could I think it's more, you know, being open to discussions and be open with your work, but as well know where the things you can do. Um, I don't know, maybe I, maybe I didn't answer your question. I, I, I think grad school in art, especially in the studio stream, it's challenging because you're writing as well, but you're doing exhibitions too. So you're required to write in an academic slash artist way, but then you're a visual artist. And sometimes words, you're not that great in words. You're better, you know, sharing your thoughts and ideas in an image. So I I, I think for visual artists, grad school, you develop those skills of writing, but as well of doing work and that your work is going to be seen and criticized and being criticized and all of that.
0: Yeah. Amazing. So we're almost out of time so for our last question can you tell us anything about your future projects and where you want to take your research in your PhD? <laughs> yeah.
1: So I I'm definitely continuing uh researching and you know talking about Mexican labor here in Canada and the connections between Mexico and between the two countries. Um, there's something about that I kind of want to explore. Um, it's about Mexican artists, contemporary artists here in Canada. If they're in the archives, or like what is the, the role or the impact of this artwork here in Canada? You can, because when you think about Mexican artists in California, in the United States, there's a lot. There's a lot of work. Why? Because, you know, migration, Mexican migration to the United States started in the past century and even before, you know, when uh, I don't want to go into like history, but like thinking about this new new relationship between Mexico and Canada, how artwork, you know, the role of it in this relationship. So we'll, we'll see how it goes. <laughs> but that's kind of the idea a little bit. Yeah. yeah.
0: The PhD. We really wish you the best and thank you so much for coming on. Uh, if anyone wants to learn anything more about your research, is there a website you can go to? Yes.
1: Yeah, so the website is, wait, there's going to be a pause because I'm really bad on like how to say my website. So it's www. Okay. So you can see my work uh, in my website at www. Anaigonzalez.com.
0: Thank you so much. Thank you uh, this so much. Is the, the official radio show and podcast of the Society of Graduate Students at Western University. I've been your host, Anna Moyer, and my co-host was Laura Munoz. We've been speaking with Anayi Gonzalez, and this episode was also produced by Flora. If you would like to be involved with the show or get in contact with us, email us at gradcastradio at gmail.com. You can follow us on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter at gradcastradio. Radio. listen to us, we are on Radio Western 94.9 FM. You can also find all of our episodes on our website at gradcast.ca or on podcast apps like Podbean, iTunes, and Spotify. Alternatively, select podcasts have been uploaded to YouTube at gradcastradio. Thank you for listening and have a great day.